All right, everybody, welcome back to the Trading Triangle. How are you doing today, Kay? I'm doing great. How are you, Nate? Sean? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, Sean, how about yourself? Yeah, going well. Really good days today. Yeah, feeling a lot of energy today. It's, it's uh, shaping up nicely. It's been a good weekend. Um, everybody, if you haven't already, be sure to ch check out both of the YouTube channels we've got here for Kay and Sean, Sean Trades and Invest for Tomorrow with Kay. Good stuff. And uh, as always, thanks for joining us this week on the Trading Triangle. If you haven't subscribed, do subscribe. And uh, let's get to the disclaimer real quick, shall we? Um, so again, we're not financial professionals. Uh, this is not financial advice. This is merely trading, education, and entertainment material. Three of us get together every week, like to go through charts and prepare for our trading. And uh, yeah, hopefully it helps you as well. Appreciate you joining. And um, crazy week, not... Not a lot of green last week. Should we jump into some of the numbers? Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's take a look. Uh, the overview here, the S&P 500, uh, I think that's a lot of red. A lot of red? Yes. It's a lot of red. Compared to what we had last week and the week before, we were a lot green with barring few reds. And let's be honest, I think the last two days of trading, or you can say Friday, is the day that actually pulled everything back. Yeah, it really was the end of the week that closed out poorly. Exactly. Um, to run through the numbers for the week real quick, S&P was down just a little over 2%. Dow was down 1%. Um, NASDAQ was down 2.85. So the big loser on the week, but, you know, big, big winner on the year still up 32.89% on the year. Uh, Russell 2K was down over a percent as well, 1.22. Um, and we mentioned, or we'll get to the VIX, I should say, we were talking about earlier, guys, about the VIX spiking. So we'll look at that here in the next chart. Um, Bitcoin was flat. It's holding 39K. So if you're trading in any of the Bitcoin-related stocks, that 39,000 number is is what you're watching these days. Um, still up massively on the year, 74, 75%, um, but flat lately. So I think everybody's kind of anticipating what direction Bitcoin's going to take here next. Um, yeah, the, you know, again, a lot of red, um, big names to getting some pullbacks. But also, I did note uh, we get... We got a lot of pullbacks that touched moving averages, I thought, and got some support there. So uh, not necessarily negative news, um, more or less just, you know, healthy selling and a little bit of uh, pulling back to the trend lines. I think in prior weeks, I talked about um, allowing trend lines to come up while we trade sideways. And it looks like this time we're getting a little bit of a pullback. So we'll take a look at some charts and see what that looks like. There's that fear and greed index. I don't know. What do you think about this, Kay? I love it because um, um, we talked about it a bit earlier, like around the mid-May or end of May, we were at 66 and now we are at 69. Uh, I think we were in extreme gear for like almost three weeks, four weeks in a row. So this is a good, healthy sign that uh, market is. You also got a downgrade from Fitch last week. So and, it, right. and that news was mm -hmm. just like, you know, overblown. Nobody cared about it. Uh, next week, you have the earnings data, sorry, not earnings data, inflation data coming out, mm -hmm. and Fed is going to release the meeting minutes. Generally, those two events can cause a little bit of a um, you know, pullback in the market. And with the latest uh, earnings from Apple, even though Amazon was trying to hold the market, Apple's uh, news or poor earning, I, I shouldn't say poor earning. I think it was a decent earning, but everybody was expecting... A, uh, Apple to you know have like a you know blast of the for the quarter yeah. didn't have but perhaps you could say it was underwhelming. Underwhelming, yes, that's right the word. word. I like yeah. that. That's exactly right. 
and and uh, it's and tied into so many ETFs and uh, other funds that it's going to pull down. Yeah. You know, it's going to have a major effect or a magnified effect almost. So, yeah, yeah, and, and this is actually a good opportunity for investors and traders in both respect, right? I mean, you if you if Apple was Apple kept making long term high, and I think we'll get into Apple once we get to the chart part. But I think this is a good opportunity. Don't don't consider this as something you know. Uh, you just close down your uh, trading app and not go there and see. So. Yeah, agreed. And the VIX spiking, you know, 25, 25% this week is, that's the move. I've been actually making fun of the VIX saying it's, you know, nobody cares about it. When you hear me saying stuff like that, that's that's when you start should, should expect the spike to come in the following weeks, right? Because that's, that's what yeah. happens. Sentiment gets yeah. a little bit lazy and there you go. You know, VIX was 18.19 the week of 6-4, which was June 4th. Since then, VIX has been in the $13 13 range, and now it's back up to 16.09. Oh, sorry, 17.10, which is way above the 50-day moving average for VIX. It was above 18 in June. Yeah, it feels like that was like February, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, um, we do have earnings this week. None of the big market movers, right? Like the huge names, but definitely some interesting names here. I know Sean has one interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for me, it's Palantir. Obviously, tomorrow night after close, so I'll be watching a, a specific live stream. Coverage quite good, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. But I'm also looking forward to kind of EVs as well. So you've got Lucid, Rivian, um, Plowing is kind of in that kind of area as well. So I'm looking forward to what they can kind of do, what numbers they can provide. Um, some might say probably not great, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Sean, how about Lee Auto? You also have Lee Auto. That's also Chinese. Oh, do we? Yeah, we Where's have that? the auto before uh, Tuesday open. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tuesday open. So, yeah, another one. Yeah, great. That'd be nicely related to Neo as well. So, see if they can post some good numbers. Give me the insight into the Chinese market. What are your thoughts on earnings this week, Kay? Uh, I, don't, I don't have much uh, going on this week. None of these stocks I personally follow much. I mean, there's AMC for the meme stock lovers, uh, but it hasn't. it has been underwhelming for, for more, more than a year now. Uh, maybe watch Disney. Uh, Disney, maybe yeah. Roblox. And I think the big one is from the Baba, Alibaba on Thursday. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got there. That's where that's definitely high on my list. I see kind of a nice setup with Baba. I uh, wrote about it for the Trader Nate community and the uh, Trader Nate trading community. And uh, it's got a really nice setup, making higher highs and higher lows. Um, yeah, interesting spot for Baba. It's been trading in a range for quite a while now, so maybe it, it gets some momentum here. Um, but other names this week I'm looking at, I mean, Palantir, you mentioned, Sean, and, and all of the EV names with Lucid on Monday in particular. Uh, Skyworks is a, uh, I'm looking at semiconductors a lot these days, so I'm curious if Skyworks is going to go uh, follow follow suit with the other names recently and, and underwhelm with guidance. Um, but we'll see. We saw a lot of that in the uh, cloud security names recently. Yeah, I think then, oh, I, I think you know you, you talked about Skyworks. So Skyworks is a major supplier for Apple, um, right? So if, yeah, if yeah, Apple's so. demand goes down, you know you, that could also impact Skyworks as well. So keep that in mind, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. And then um, with respect to sales and, and retail, I like Capri Holdings to see if how it performs for the high end retail crowd and see how that's holding up. So just a side note there. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Disney. I've uh, you know I, I've got the trade desk and plug also noted there and win on Wednesday. I think Wednesday after hours is going to be pretty interesting actually. A lot of names and uh, you've yeah, got so, um, Marathon Digital as well. I'm sorry, Ma- Mara is, is oh. reporting on Tuesday after close. 
Is that there, Tuesday? Yeah, I just there checked it on Yahoo Finance, and it is that. Yeah. There it is. Oh, I mean, I, I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, that is the top favorite. Had DraftKings last week, and I was so excited about that. I completely forgot about Marathon this week. Yeah, so you know, names, big names with with respect to uh, being interesting, but not big names with respect to. You know, we had all the market movers report for primarily. I think not primarily. I think all of them, right? So, yeah. I think maybe the Nvidia is left, which will be coming out. They are always, you know, at the tail end of the quarter. You have a couple of uh, like Lululemon that comes out tail end of the later, right? So those are they are not market movers, but they are uh, you know giants in their own space. Yeah, for sure, Nvidia in particular. We'll get into the charts. Um, quick notes on the SPY this week. I have got the uptrend channel noted here. And curious your thoughts, Sean, on, on what, what the chart's looking like. For me, we I thought we might hold this range above 451. We lost it uh, last week on that Friday that you mentioned, Kay. Is, is not a good close to the week. And now below the 20-day moving average. So not my favorite, but still on the uptrend. And I'm looking for... I mean, I've got it noted here is 443.90, um, but really 444, right? Just call it 444. It's a nice, easy number to remember. And I would like it to to hold up there around that area, which would, you know, keep it in this uptrend, uh, uptrend as well. So that's primarily where my focus is at. But yeah, Sean, what else would you add here? Yeah, I think, um, so I kind of concur with what you're saying with the 444 level, of course, that's the major support level that we're looking for next. Um, but if you look, further back on the chart, it kind of dips below the 20 moving average before and it kind of comes back up. You can see it three times just within this space. You've got a, actually a box drawn around that kind of area. Right. Um, so we could actually see a little kind of almost a little reversal, like a bear trap, I think you call it. Um, so we could see a little bit of reversal here. But likewise, if we continue with the earnings, because a lot of them are kind of tipping downwards in terms of percentage-wise. Not all earnings are bad, but the, the stocks seem to be going the other way. Obviously, Apple would have helped that as well. Right. Um, but yeah, we could also see a nice little revert down to the 50 moving average and perhaps you know, see a bounce off of there. So it could just ignore the 444 level completely. But the 444 level is is where I'm looking um, and that's where I'll be keeping a keen eye on, the, on that level. Yeah, and the 50-day could come right up to that level if, it, uh, if we do kind of move sideways a bit here, to your point. And yeah. um, if it holds the 50 and continues to move upwards, then I would be all for that. Um, I guess my point is I'm not getting... I'm not turning bearish just yet, right? There's a bad end of the week, but still in that uptrend. But we do also yeah. have a tiny little gap there as well, just uh, three days ago. Yeah, yeah so let's go for that gap. gap let's go up there. <laughs> Interestingly, you guys might want to hear this out, right? So uh, I think because Apple and Amazon were reporting earnings, uh, yeah. which generally are the market movers, so the put-to-call ratio for the week ending 8-4 was 1.76. The put-to-call ratio for the week next week, which is ending, is only 1.36. So there was a lot more hedging uh, on that on the last week compared to the next week on SPY. Oh, that's interesting. So, so the hedge is is yeah a lot a lot more hedging basically is exactly what you just said. I won't repeat you over and over there, but yeah, we'll have to see. I think this week, um, I don't know. I, I'm not excited about the up, upside potential. I'll just put it that way. Um, but again, not bearish. I mean, if if it if it remains range bound. I think that's even much better because I don't yeah. see a reason why you would make a new all-time high. And as long as it doesn't break the trend line, uptrend, I think that's that's perfect. If it just range bound, it's perfect for trading. Yeah, the area Sean was pointing at earlier on in April this year, you know, we broke the 20-day a bit. 
Um, actually got a little bit outside the trend line, but we moved sideways for a while there and we're able to maintain trends. So maybe we get the same kind of thing here. Um, the cues, you know, heavy on the tech side of, of the conversation as always. And so we like to look at the cues. And uh, I've noted, you know, I've got 371.83 here for the, the level that pulled back um, and bounced off of nicely below the 20 day. Um, but perhaps that's not a huge concern if we can get some momentum keep things moving higher the green lines noted here are the two trend lines and uh, the extended trend line was broken last week on wednesday and then you know never really got close to recovering so that's firmly broken um and we've got the other trend line that's longer goes back to the beginning of 2023 it's kind of in line with the 50-day moving average so uh, perhaps that's where we'll find some support here um if that that's really what i'm looking i think between SPY and QQQ, if the 50-day moving averages break, uh, then maybe it's time to reassess and pull back a little bit and look at the charts, see if we are going to consolidate or if that's a maybe a little bit more ominous sign. What did I miss here? Yeah, I think just a little touch on the stock-related side of things linked to QQQ. So if you see the QQQ come down to this kind of trend line level and the 50 moving average level that you mentioned, one, obviously it's double confluence. If we bounce from there, that's great. But then from a swing trading point of view, it might be good to add into your ton of tech stocks in a way. So your Tesla, your Meta and all that kind of thing. If you're swinging them, you have been for a while. Um, these are the times you add for, on these kind of bounces if that was to take place, of course. Um, so obviously when the market moves up, your, your stocks will move up a little bit more in theory, of course. Uh, but right. yeah, that, that's what I'll be looking out for. Well said. I love it. Add to my stocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. I, I think that's a great... Great point to be making here, Sean. Okay, anything else to add to the cues? Same as SPY. You had more hedgings uh-huh. last week, 1.41, versus next week is only 1.06. So much bullish. There you go. All right, well, let's take a look at some individual stock names and uh, start off with you, Sean. I think your charts are up first, as always. I hand it over. Yeah, so I've gone for a different color scheme. I don't know how you... Let me know what you think. Black and white. I'm digging it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Okay, cool. Let, let me know if, if you want me to change as well. <laughs> it's really clean looking, Sean. Like, really clean. I like it a lot. Awesome. Thank you very much. Let me know in the chat, guys, if you if you like this kind of layout. I really appreciate it. I'm keeping it regardless. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah let me know <laughs> if you do like it. Let us anyway. know your opinion on Sean's charts. I want to pile on the pressure if you don't like it. but Because he's going to keep it anyways, right? It's... <laughs> well, yeah. If there's too much pressure, I'll have to buckle. But no, I probably won't. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, so this is the Neo chart, of course, and you can see immediately that little bit of text at the bottom there. And this is probably my main point on the chart today, and that is it's happening. The 50 moving average is moving through the 200 moving average, um, which is the blue line moving through the red line, basically. Um, and basically, um, sorry, I've messed up my words there, but if you can get that 50 moving average up towards that trend line, then that brings that word confluence back into the, into the picture. Um, so that's a long-term view, but in the short-term view, I've said this a little bit um, on Twitter in the last couple of the days, I'm looking for this kind of range in between the blue lines, so that's 1670 level and a 1310 level. Um, the reason I say that is because I know it's quite a big range, it's a three and a half dollar range pretty much, um, but this stock does move, especially with the news and everything that's coming up now, 
I mean, we've had record deliveries last week, which is absolutely fantastic. 20,462, had to look at my notes there. Um, 20,462 vehicles, which is absolutely outstanding, which is 4,647 more than the previous um, record, which is uh, incredible growth. If they can keep that up in the months to come, that'd be absolutely, um, absolutely wonderful. And obviously the, the Mercedes rumors continue, but they're just rumors. I'm not trading on that. I never would trade on that. Um, but if that was to potentially happen, then obviously that is a massive catalyst for the NEO stock. Likewise, earnings. So basically, ultimately, the next two catalysts I see that could move this stock in a big way is the Mercedes deal, if it was to happen, and obviously the earnings as well. Um, but back to the chart, I mean, just I've just got to reiterate what I just said, just a nice little summary. And then obviously, Nate, you can talk, because you know what me, I'm like with NEO, I'll just talk and talk and talk. Um, but the summary-wise is you know, range bound between 13 and 16 levels that I've got here. That's what I'd be looking forward to um, achieving with Neo stock. Anything higher than this, and it just gets a bit too extended, and it just gets a bit too sloppy. Um, I'll take it. If, if it moves up yeah, to $20, right. I'll take it, of course. And you can kind <laughs> of see just behind the duck in the top right-hand corner, um, that my, that little yellow box area, that's my target for the end of the year, um, which is 20 oh. to $22, which I keep saying every week, but I'm going to keep saying it. Um, so you can kind of see it. I probably should have made it a bit more evident. Um, yeah, and the other point is, sorry, sorry, go ahead, keep going, Sam. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. <laughs> you can try, <laughs> um, but yeah, the 50 moving through to 200 is my main point on this chart. You can go ahead now. <laughs> no, that's great, man. I love the energy you bring with Neo every week. It's good stuff. And I don't know about you, but as soon as I read, uh, or you know, when you thought of this, but when I read it's happening, like I get the office and everybody running around that means yeah, yeah. right in my head immediately. Yeah, it's it's happening. <laughs> Um, no, that's great. I know you've been waiting for that to happen, that, that crossover. So um, I, I've been looking and tracking Neo as well. And, you know, Utopia would be if it pulls back to that 1310 level and allow me to get in because uh, I'm itching to get in, but I'm uh, trying to avoid the FOMO trade, you know, so I'm trying to find a good level to add some shares. Yeah, and just uh, on a trading perspective, would you add slightly earlier? Because you can see some of the candles a bit earlier on in the picture. They are not quite 1310, they're 1320, 1350, that kind of area. Would you look to get in early or would you go concrete at that level? Yeah, no, you know, honestly, if it gets below 14, it really does seem like mm. you don't want to wait, right? Um, given how it's been moving. So I would probably take partial positions there um, initially and then wait for it to show that it's it's holding up and try to you know, fill out the remainder of whatever position I'm trying to get to. Um, yeah, as it, as it moves higher. So that's how I'd approach it. That makes sense. Yeah, and Nate, would you be holding at like a, like a midterm trade, short-term trade? How are you looking at? Well, Sean's got me excited. So <laughs> um, I always think of these kind of uh, trades when I'm talking usually on the channel here about short-term trades, you know, swing trading over several weeks. Um, but Neo is looking more and more enticing. And so I, I might do a little bit of both, right? Look to uh, take a position, a little, you know, get into a position. And then if it moves up quickly, take some profits off and, and have a nice lowered cost basis in that respect. That'd be the approach I'd take there. What about UK? What would you have a look at this chart? Would you possibly trade it if it dipped below 14? Um, I'd probably stay away. <laughs> I already have what a position. Yeah, I, I already have a position in Neo, so I'm just running covered calls to reduce my cost basis from such a high uh, cost basis. And uh, I think for now, I will stay away because I'm I'm focused on Tesla. I know you tr you cover Tesla as well, so I'm I'm sticking with Tesla for now. 
And that's because you already have a position that's sized the way you want. You don't want to increase your position size. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because cool. in the portfolio, then what will happen is I'll have to end up, you know, reconfiguring my entire portfolio. If I add more then my, you know, allocation goes up and I don't want to do that. That's just good risk management right there. That's what that is. I like it. All right. Keep it rolling. Awesome. Yeah. So this is Palantir. Um, obviously, we report earnings tomorrow after close on the on the Monday, and I've overlaid the one week on top of the one day here. Uh, the reason I've done that is just a bit of perspective, really. Um, you can see on the daily, um, we're kind of retreating back down to that kind of 20 moving average line, which has just peaked above that $17 line, which was so hard to get through in recent weeks. Um, so if we can see a little bit of a bounce there, fantastic. But I don't really want to talk about that because earnings is tomorrow. It's got to go up 10%, 15%, 20%, or it's got to go down 10%, 15%, 20%. That's just what Palantir <laughs> does on earnings. So I'm not going to talk anything about the near term because anything could happen. Um, but just looking at the larger time frame, we can see on the weekly, a big topping tail last week, big rejection off of that. 20 moving average you can see the sellers came in the later part of the week as did you know, many stocks obviously saw that um so that that kind of ties in with that but generally you can see the 20 moving average there on the weekly uh, kind of 20 uh, the 1250 level uh, where that pink line is now if we can get that 20 moving average above 1350 that goes back um that that line goes back into the past and a very good support slash resistance line so if we can get that 20 moving uh, moving weekly average up above that 15, uh, 13 and 50, that would be great um, long-term for the stock. But yeah, I mean, it all depends on earnings. Um, and generally, we're looking up for kind of customer growth, revenue growth, um, and see what Alex Karp talks about on the AIP platform, because he spoke a lot about it in the last earnings call, about the kind of traction it's getting, the kind of talk around it, um, basically the hype around it, how good it is. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if that has kind of developed into customers. Um, but that's what I'll be looking up for in yeah. the earnings call tomorrow. Yeah, that earnings you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, being patient and being smart around trading around earnings. Mm. So let's just talk through, like, if you don't mind, because I'm curious your thoughts here, Sean. Uh, it wasn't long ago we were talking about Palantir at 8, and here we are at 18, right? Mm. It's, it's crazy. Um, so great run. But um, let's say we get the 10%. And I'm just going to use the nice, easy math since we have to do public math here. Um, and we're at 18, you drop that 10%. You're still above 16, right? And 16 is where that 50-day moving average is coming in here and is where the recent low was. And what I'm really focused on here because we've been making higher highs and holding higher lows is can we hold above that that uh, prior low that we just got a little earlier in the month? So, or I guess it's last month now. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'd be looking for. Even if we do get selling off, does it hold 16? Because if it does... And that might be a great place to uh, load up on some shares if you haven't gotten there. Um, and despite 17 being that that resistance level or support resistance level you've got there, I mean, if it holds above the, that recent low, I would be really interested. What are your thoughts on that? Um, for me, it's purely uh, comments based. So if Alex Karp comes out and says guidance looks great for it because Palantir works like that has done for the last few quarters All if right. it gives good guidance good words I mean Alex Karp is obviously very good at that um generally he's good at talking the crowd round um, yeah. but if we get a drop down to 16 after earnings but he says the wrong things or not the wrong things but some things that the investors may not like I see it continuing to drop and then I'd be looking to add around that 20 weekly mid average which is kind of why I brought it up on, on the charts today 
um, because Palantir will just drop on that news and it will continue to kind of bleed out until it gets better news. Um, it's just how I've perceived the stock. I could be wrong, of course, um, but it's how I've perceived the stock in the last couple of years. Um, it gets good news. It kind of slowly drips up and you can see a big, massive move has happened in, in the recent months. Um, but that's because it has exceptional use. Um, but yeah, that's how I see it. It kind of trades on, on the reports, the news, the results, etc. I appreciate that perspective. That is, that's excellent. And uh, I took some notes here. You guys will see me taking these notes. I learn yeah, a lot from Sean and Kay every week. What's up, What's up, Kay? So uh, if you are trading Palantir, right, and if you want to trade earnings, so the the average move that Palantir does is about 14.4%. So you're looking at what, two and a half dollars, 2.6, yeah. 2.7? Yeah, somewhere there. And, and if you're doing options trading, then you just keep in mind that there, the IV crush happens. It's a major IV crush on earnings. So you can the IV generally the last couple of times has dropped over 28% after earnings. So, you know, if you are going to play that, keep those numbers in mind, uh, especially for Palantir. Yeah, Very good call. All right. I love it. Um, if you guys have any comments or questions on anything we're covering or, you know, like us to cover something in the coming weeks, uh, don't hesitate to drop a comment. Appreciate everybody who's tuning in. And also don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button while you're in there. And we will keep getting through these charts like we do every week. I think we can keep moving. I'll jump to DraftKings next, if you guys don't mind. Before we do that, Ooh. hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. <laughs> hit, hit the subscribe button if you're watching along. So hit the like button. It helps us greatly, especially in the early parts of this uh, early parts of this journey, this YouTube journey that we're on. Nate, I'll hand it over to you. I didn't have my closing speech, so this is it. That <laughs> was it. And here's Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. All right. So DraftKings, um, we talked about it in the prior weeks. Had a nice zone for accumulating shares or you know taking positions with calls to go long um, i was talking a lot about more accumulating shares and selling covered calls at the 35 level and to the penny we got there last week um, on the great earnings report um, and then the rest of the week took over and it didn't it could not hold um, it just sold off all day after after earnings so um, if you did get a chance to sell cover calls early in the day you were able to make quick cash because those quickly dropped in value and you got the uh, iv crush k you always are talking about that and it's a really strong point around earnings um so that worked out really well and uh, it looks like it's holding up at the 3050 you know the buy range i've got is between 3050 and 3160 and uh, I, I like accumulating shares here if you missed it before um if we do get markets rolling again and uh, get positive sentiment, then you, know, you can make another push towards 35 here, I think. I did put on the left side here the daily candles because we're looking at the four-hour on the primary chart. And uh, you can see it bounced right off the 20-day moving average nicely. You know, I, of course, did get the selling, as I mentioned, but that is a really nice uh, move up off of that 20-day moving average. Yeah, I really like that. The bounce off of the 20-day moving average is absolutely fantastic on, on the daily, as you can see there. Yeah. Uh, but even the four-hour kind of playing around these moving averages here and showing strength around them. I think that's a really, really good sign for the stock moving forward. Yeah, like I might have to add to the position here and uh, build it back up. I had sold off a little bit heading into earnings because I like to you know, manage risk a little bit and saw some other opportunities for the portfolio. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking again to accumulate shares here and we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, Kay, anything to note on the option side now that we're past earnings? 
Um, not much going on um, on the option side as of now. I mean, nothing, nothing this is a retail out. favorite. It's always yeah, got, yeah. yeah, you know, like we've talked about in the past, it's always got some some volume, but nothing jumping off the page. Nothing jumping off the page. It's uh, pretty standard. Like, you know, for example, like we saw a major hedging on the SPY and QQQ versus next week, it, you know, it's no longer that hedging. I don't see much. It's like 0.92 is put to call ratio. Uh, it's pretty standard, right? It's like, I mean, it is very bullish next week. It says 0.38. But when you do a whole aggregation of the next, uh, all the, till the end of the year, then it's just 0.92 for now. Gotcha. So one other note I'll have here before, I'll add here before we uh, move forward is we're getting out of the summer, which is kind of the slow season for DraftKings. Um, now the major sports are starting to ramp back up. You got college football here in the States and, and the NFL going to be coming up here in the next month. Um I think I even saw a preseason game the other day showing up on the tele- television. And then basketball is right behind that, and we'll just get rocking into the fall. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting um, that they've done so well through the summer where things slow down. And I don't know why I said television. I can't remember the last time I said that word. But anyway. <laughs> the, the, the premiums are pretty good, though, I, I'm noticing. it's They uh, are. Right? Yep. You can oh, get uh, some. Go ahead. Like for a. $31, a 31.5, it's $80, $80 you'll get. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah, and um, these premiums stay juicy because of the moves that DraftKings make. So if you can identify the right levels, you know, we can do a similar trade like we did with Marathon, oh, um, wow. you know, Ticker Mara, where if it just keeps rocking back and forth between 30 and 35 here, and yeah, collect some nice cash. So, so that would be your uh, take, right? 30, between 30 and 35. That's the range? That's the range, yeah. Let's see. Let me, t- let me write it down. To be precise, That's... I've got 30.50 and 34.50. So tighten it up by a dollar on you. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to yeah. ask a question as well, Sean? I was just going to um, reemphasize a point that you just made. You, you say you dropped some shares coming into earnings. I think we should emphasize that a little bit more. If you're feeling even slightly nervous or you just want to trim the position, a little bit apprehensive about the earnings, if you're holding shares for it, then obviously stick with your gut, take that psychological element out of it, um, and then basically trade safe, learning that risk management is is key within this trading um, kind of industry. Uh, But I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit more um, just for the viewers that are watching. Yeah, no, that's a really strong point. And I didn't want the position to get too big and then potentially have a negative earnings call right so yeah i always uh we had a nice run up here and so you take some profits and yeah we'll yeah, see now just dangerous. <laughs> yeah yeah so well, now we're back in this this buy zone range right so hey, more opportunity to come so uh in the semiconductor space i wanted to uh, touch on a ticker there so i got to on semiconductor this week and um, I, I got comments on Twitter. It was great comments, actually. Uh, they had an awful week last week, 100% right. And uh, the thing that was great, though, was most stocks had a horrible Thursday, Friday. And here we are with On Semiconductor holding at the 20-day moving average. Just really strong support there, uh, both Thursday and Friday. I love to see that continuing the uptrend. I always talk about higher highs and higher lows, and that is the very obvious pattern here with with on and um yeah so if we can get this 20 to continue to hold next week i really think the start of this coming week is going to be huge for all of these you know stocks um and and the indices that are sitting on moving averages or sitting on key support levels um if it's 
breaks initially, then my eyes shift to the 50 day moving average on a lot of these positions. And if it's holding the 20 day and it moves up higher, then, you know, I'm starting to look at the next levels of resistance. So for on, I've got 104.88, need to break through that. And then it's off to the the recent high of 111.35. That's what I'd be looking for. Um, so yeah, I really want to see this hold and move higher on Monday. If we get, you know, a bad start to Monday, then uh, I want to see 96.85 hold up, which will probably be just above the 50. I'm guessing the 50 day will come up slightly, be about 95. And that would be if I'm, if you're looking for short-term trading and you get, if we get in, because we get a nice support uh, to start the week and then things do sell off, um, I'd be using that 50 day as the uh, stop loss there. So for some added risk management. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I have for on semiconductor, the space itself. I'm bullish on, but the SMH ETF that tracks semiconductors um, did not have a great week and is not positioned, you know, ideally necessarily. So, you know, names within the space uh, are performing differently. And I, I like this one a lot. So is that, so you generally trade on, uh, on a regular basis, Nate? On in particular, yeah. um, I've, uh, it's so funny. It's really hard to talk about this. On and off. On and off. On and off. Trade so, yeah. on, on and off. Okay. I trade on, on and off. Um, yeah, I, it's I definitely was trading earlier in the year and then kind of got away from it and it caught my attention this past week again. So I was looking at the the premiums for on. It's it's amazing. Considering the the price range for on and uh, AMD is pretty similar, and this is an ETF, right? It, uh, no, on is a is on semiconductor is. Um, uh, a, Sorry. Uh, okay, so this has a pretty good uh, um, earnings potential, right? You for a hundred and three, you are getting almost one hundred and seventy-five dollars as premium. Yeah, it it has some really nice premiums. I think it's the implied volatility is usually pretty high for for on. And just to give you a, an idea of what they they work with, and I'm not, you know. Um, an expert in the semiconductor space by any any stretch, but they're basically into sensors um, as well as, you know, power, power solutions. Um, and I think it's tied largely to the EV segment to, to um, you know, as, as cars go, so will on, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yep. That's all I've got on, on this week, but it's one of my favorites as far as this chart set up. I mean, it looks really nice here holding that 20 day. Anything you guys would add to, to this chart? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, you mentioned we're getting lots of stocks are kind of hitting at their kind of moving averages, their support lines and stuff. Um, if you are kind of thinking, where do I even look? Just sit on the sidelines and just wait for all your trading rules to kind of come together. Um, I keep coming up with these psychological lessons. I'm not meaning to do it on purpose. It's just kind of things I'm pointing out as you run through the charts. Um, but this is one of them. So on is obviously we're sat on the 20 minute average. You can see it's touched there four, five, six times in the last couple of months. Um, and stereotypically, this would be a great time to get in. But if you're doubting yourself, then maybe just sit the next few days out, get the confidence back, and then have another look. I like it. Yeah, that's a great approach, Sean. I think oh. uh, you made a good point, Sean, right? So if you, it has bounced so many times from this moving average, right? And I think if, if, uh, if you want to, you know, get into on, I think might as well for the confirmation at this, you know, let the bounce happen and then you can get in that will still give you a decent room to run. Yeah, I agree. And you could maybe trade for a breakout trade rather than a, a moving average bounce trade. Yeah, yeah that's, 
I would like to get it back above 104.88. That would be a really nice yeah. nice sign there. Uh, key level, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. And, Kay, let's get to your charts. And this is yeah. my favorite one of the week. Cool. This is like, um, yes, this is the. You warned the, us. It's going one, one way right? or another. <laughs> You and 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 you know, if you remember right we talked about this uh the the channel getting so narrow for apple right i mean it was there was just no way that you could uh just keep going in that channel there was either going to be a breakout which chances were looking very unlikely because it kept move, you know making newer highs uh a major drop so a couple you know important key points that i have written here is um the hardware sales were down you know the services are up but Keep in mind, the Apple is driven by iPhones, largely. That's the biggest chunk of their revenue that comes in from. Um, September performance, which is going to be the Q3, is going to be very similar to the Q2 performance. That's the outlook. Um, there is still a buy rating from all the Wall Street analysts because they're all defending Apple, which makes sense. Um, I think for personally for me, um, I would want to see 186 as the first support because 186 is your 50 day moving average. Is that the one? Or did I get it wrong? 2050. Uh, what is that green line? Totally yeah, there you are. yeah, it's 50. So yeah, so that's a 50, right? So that is the first moving average that I want to see. I want to see if it can bounce back or it continues the slide down. And then finally, I have been able to draw the Fibonacci. Uh, which I had removed from Apple because it kept making a new one. I didn't make any sense. So I think my next will be 180 is my next uh, a watch point. I'm still on the hold. I'm not buying. But if Apple pulls back in the 169, 170 range, that's when I may start adding more to my position from a long-term standpoint. Uh, the put-to-call ratio actually has gone up. It was 0.86 last week, so very bullish. When we were going into the earnings, it was bullish. It has gone up slightly to 0.9. So it's a little bit of a bearish sign right there. And uh, there are 11,000 put options open at 180 um, for next week with a delta of 36, which is highly likely it will be in the money. So, yeah, that's a crazy action last week. And uh, I like your levels, bringing the Fibonacci levels back in. Um, and you are not the first person to tell me that they'd be really interested if we can get below 170 here with Apple again. So uh, I think that there might be some you know, some sentiment there and a lot of people looking for those levels too, Case. So maybe that means support. It's all anecdotal, of course. Um, but yeah, maybe that 169.93 um, next is going to be a key level to, to hold there. Yeah. I think from a, from a market point of view, I think if Apple just stabilizes a little bit over the next couple of weeks in terms of price action, you know, have less of these kind of drops, that's a big move. I understand it was just after earnings, but if it continues to drop one, two percent over the next few days, then we could see the market really kind of freak out a little bit. On top of the things you mentioned earlier, okay, with the minutes and, and the CPI report, etc. But yeah, just things to watch with Apple. And I would make it basically want it to kind of um, travel sideways. I guess it would be the best yeah. thing. Yeah, and maybe Nate, you know, might be a good idea, right? We we should put we should plot. Apple with the SPY or QQQ as a chart, right? Because it kind of drags the market with it. Okay. Yeah, honestly, that's a, that's a really good idea. I mean, it's it's going to lead it both ways, up and down, right? Exactly. Yeah, good yeah, call. We saw that Friday, didn't we? 
so so no no trading ideas over here with apple right now i think it's a wait and watch to see apple because it will also direct the market and, and barring that there is no more market movers in the upcoming earnings yes you have palantir yes you have you have these other stocks but they are not market movers yeah. they they move within themselves but they can't move the market like apple amazon and even amazon came pretty well you know it was surprised from from their advertising revenue but apple has a bigger uh, chunk in the market they they will drag the market down so interesting you know meta has a similar chart and it it's i don't know if it's as narrowing as like like apple did here but it's you know been straight up and to the right like this and um yeah i wonder if i'm have to go back and look and draw some lines and see if we're we're doing the same kind of pattern or not but you're just a reiterated k cuz you really called it last week the wedge will break and the odds of it breaking and moving higher would have just been an incredibly extended move. So here we go. We got the relief and now we'll see what, what plays out. Yep. So chart of the week. Okay. Chart of the, chart week. Of the week. Yes. <laughs> I have another chart of the week. Hey. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm talking all about the downward movements and, and I have to give this to Sean, his PayPal effect here. You know, Sean <laughs> PayPal a lot. So thanks to your PayPal effect, uh, the stock was down 13% on Friday. The, on my watch list, this stock was at the top loser. And 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 the, and the funny thing, we talked about uh, that it has a very bullish momentum going into earnings. Uh, they had got a BN, they had an upgrade from a couple analysts, especially BNP, and they beat on EPS, uh, non-GAAP. GAAP, it was a miss. But they beat on revenue, top line, bottom line, non-gap, and it was a decent earnings. Put to call is still 0.66, so still very bullish. But I think because of the PayPal effect, uh, the stock really dipped below all you know all the moving averages right now. It broke the trend line. It was on you know it's not on the can on the chart here, but the, if you drew that trend line, it it broke exactly. right clean below it, right? Yeah, and uh, might even have moved up to test it when it moved back up to that 70 roughly 70 level but yeah that is just a brutal chart last week for school per block um are you looking at uh, yes so so you were saying it was on your watch list were you hoping yes. for this are you looking yes. not necessarily this but were you looking for this pullback i i was actually hoping it would i would get a pullback i wasn't expecting a 13 percent pullback because i was <laughs> hoping for the range of 75 so if it bounces off 75 if you notice that a couple of weeks ago it was bouncing off yeah. I was talking about getting in and, and doing a short-term trade on this one. So mostly from an option standpoint, get in on a weekly basis and get out and range bound from 75 to 80. But I didn't expect this major pullback. So this also gives them a good opportunity to get back in because the 55 was the low from, I think, mid-May. Uh, I don't expect the stock to move that lower, but anything can happen. Uh, but I think it's a good, good way. The, the premiums have gone up because of it. So uh, next week, definitely, I'm getting into the square uh, trade. Interesting. So I've got a question for you, for, for the viewers mainly, I guess. What do you reckon the difference between PayPal and Square is? How do they differ and basically give people a reason to look at the stock maybe moving forward in the coming months? Yeah, so I think uh, the, the biggest difference that I would say both are payment, uh, they, they both have payment options. Uh, Square actually also is a hardware company, right? So they also deal with merchants, small, small to medium-sized merchants. You have those, you know, point of sale devices that they also sell. That's one thing. They also have Cash App, 
which acts like a, I guess a mini bank, a trading portal where you can, you know, send cash to each other. You can trade from there. So it has a little bit more diverse uh, services, products and services. Uh, I'm more than actually happy to, I'll actually, you know what, Sean, I'm going to answer that question. I'll make a video out of it uh, on the Square and uh, PayPal. A difference between the products and services so uh, that would be something that we can also you know the audience can take a look at it but it is it has much more broader products and services compared to paypal as of now so tune in for that kill break it down looking forward to that Kay. the yeah. link to his channel is is wonderful channel by the way the link is down below in the description so go check it out i've, I've made it all nice and easy and laid it laid it out nicely for us you could not have made it any easier. There's lots of I great know. links down there. Be sure to check it out, guys. And um, yeah, also be sure to subscribe to the channel while you're while you're in here and and give a like. Appreciate appreciate everybody supporting and giving the subscribes and the likes. Hate to to beat that one that dead horse, but at the same time, it helps us get it out, get us out there to tons of viewers. And you know, if you're enjoying it and get other folks into the mix and get more uh, requests and cover more charts, it's all good stuff. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great week, you guys. Um, one thing that I wanted to comment on, uh, it's something that I've been thinking about often as markets kind of got a little bit uh, timid last week towards the end of the week is, you know, I'm a technical trader. I'm always looking at the charts and waiting for trend lines to break and what have you. And so something to keep in mind, something that said to me a long time ago uh, that I think about is you'll always be um, the last, you know, you'll be late when the trend turns. So I trade with the trend and the trends to the upside. And when it turns, I will get a lot of tr uh, trades wrong at that point in time because I'm going to remain bullish and be trading for the upside. But once it's confirmed and the trend breaks and it's time to trade to the downside, you know, that is when you reassess and, and can start looking at taking either, you know, taking a break or trading to the downside and, and looking for uh, opportunities to buy for, you know, a potential longer term positions. But Again, the the point of, that I'm trying to make is, as a technical trader, you're going to be, uh, when when markets turn, you're going to be on the wrong side of the trade for a brief moment, and just expect that. It's all part of the, the process. Yep. Sean, have you experienced the same kind of thing um, with respect to when markets turn? It's, you know, you're trading, and then you find yourself on the wrong side of it. It takes a minute before you, you get back on trend. Yeah, exactly right. And I think the way that I deal with it is literally just to sit out um, just take a few days off, just collect the thoughts and kind of look at charts objectively. Um, don't think about trading, just keep up with it that way. Um, but I just basically won't trade for a few days. And that's how I manage my risk on, on, on psychology, I guess, from that point of view. Yeah, that's smart. And no need to let all the excitement or the concerns, you know, take over. Just take a break and see what happens. How about you, Kay? How, how do you feel in, in, on those spots? We, you know, we're right here. We could be just breathing for a bit and then continue higher or we could get that reversal. Yeah. I, I think, um, especially if you're trading, I think sometimes it's just, as you guys just pointed out, just, just take a break. And and for me, I think I like to see the trend reversal before, because I'm not into breakout trading. So I, I'm a, I, I do range bound trading. So I like the confirmation before I get into a trade, especially from an option standpoint. And, uh, I, I think, you know, you would rather miss a trade. I would rather miss a trade than get a loss on a trade. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to be able to sit out and watch the big trades happen, and not you know jump into the FOMO trade afterwards because uh, 
it's a surefire way to lose money quickly. Yeah, and there's always a trade to make. Trust always. me. There's, there's always like, another opportunity. Like you just gave me an example. So like we have been doing, we have been trading Intel for a while, right? So Intel is in the $30 range, right? If right. you trade, if you do Intel uh, options trading, you or cash secured put, you'll probably generate 0.5, return on the week. On drafting, you're putting the same investment, you'll get 2.5%. So you just have to change your perspective. It's not the same ticker. Some tickers will run for a few weeks and then switch to the different ticker. Move on. There's always opportunities. Always. Sean, were you going to add something else as well? No, no. I was just going to say that. The market is always going to be there. So There you go. Three of us agree. There's always going to be opportunities. Don't jump in the FOMO trades. Be smart. Um, and then, yeah, stick with the trend. We, we continue to say that week in and week out. Hopefully, everybody's having a good time following Thanks again for tuning in this week and be sure to subscribe and hit the like button. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week and keep, keep trading throughout this one. And hopefully it's to the upside. You guys, awesome. you guys ready for more upside? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's hope for it. And uh, yeah, have a safe, have a good week out there. Safe week and uh, good luck trading everybody. See you next week. Take care, Bye-bye.